Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Rich Polly, and joining me out from behind the mic, it's Tim King. Good evening, hello, and everything else? <laughs> kind of, you weren't sure what to say there, so you I, just started. Well, I, I, I did the usual thing of saying good evening and then realised that the podcast goes out at 6.30 in the morning, so whatever, <laughs> whatever time uh, you listen to this podcast, take the appropriate greeting from me <laughs> there's like like a project starting with no clear roadmap for what it's going to deliver let's just go let's do it it's fine <laughs> all right also joining me talking about no clear roadmaps about what he's going to deliver it's liam baker bonjour just constant <laughs> chaos all the time uh, funny because it's true <laughs> yeah i don't even know what i'm doing tomorrow no, at, the very least, you'll, at the very least, you'll wake up, and then at the end, you'll maybe go to sleep. Yeah, pretty much. Perhaps. In between, who knows? Cornucopia of choice. Uh, it's going to involve picking up dog poo at least once, though. You know that. Yeah, that, that is true. Fact. It's, it's a sad inevitability of my life. <laughs> <laughs> finally talking about dog no no i can't do that uh, finally joining us he's on mute which means he might be away wrangling a child at the minute is ben hibbert no i mean i just didn't want you to hear me all breathing anymore so right. you can imagine what it'd be like if i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> wow is that sudden, why i felt subtly serene sudden, sudden turn to the dark side there wasn't it well, man, man and liam style i believe that's like squaddy humour. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, Will always said I should have been a squaddy. Oh my god. I just don't uh, like all that running and being shot at part. Wasn't there a height requirement? <laughs> no, it's an exercise requirement. Well, see, just, just do what I did if you didn't, didn't want to do the running and being shot at. You join the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rear, rear echelon. Rear echelon, boys. Let's get it done. Like, hide hide in, the, in the, uh, the air conditioning. Like uh, the running joke with like the army and navy against the air force is like, oh, you only deployed to hotels, and I'm like, yes, and <laughs> why, why would you? you why say do you it's like it's a bad thing? <laughs> yeah. Why do you choose to deploy to like a hole in it or a shell scrape or something like that? I'll, t- I'll take the hotel, thank you. <laughs> oh, what's that? I have to sleep in a tent with no air conditioning in the middle of a desert or in a four-star did, hotel. Did you just uh, say you were pitching a tent? You don't need to tell us that kind of thing. That's kind of embarrassing. I know you were talking about your your big monitors and all your windows, but <laughs> you don't need to know what's on them. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, carry on, boys. Carry on. Whatever it is you're talking about, I'm, I'll be I'm right anything. Back. I'm just just going to tuck a little child in bed. Would you like okay. to say goodbye to? Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the only person that laughs at Ben's jokes is himself. I know, half the time he's laughing before he's even said it as well. (laughs) Right, okay, we've got X-Wing stuff to talk about that Ben doesn't need to be here for. So we're, uh, at time of recording, we're about three weeks out from the Sith Taker Open. Um, Well, there's going to be this episode plus two more episodes before the STO happens. So um, as we've previously mentioned, we've sold out. We've then opened up some extra tickets. We sold out of them. Um, 
and now we've got a wait list again for the extra tickets that we've got so uh, if you're listening to this and you have a ticket and you are finding yourself unable to attend or in a state where you may not be able to attend um, please let us know because we've got a couple of people who are fairly local who being local of course thought they'd leave it to the last minute because what's the point in buying a ticket because they'll never sell out and so of course we did um so yeah if um if you are thinking about not attending um obviously on the day matters are different but if at any point in the run-up to the event you realize you can't come um give us a shout because we've got a couple of people um ready to fork money back over to you so you'll be able to get uh, a recoup on your ticket price that way um there's no refunds available through element um they've transferred us the money from the event and we have spent it on prize support so we're very sorry but you can't have your money back uh, from us or them but if you can find another x-wing player to, to trade the ticket with then that's absolutely fine um and just reach out to us if you want to do that um i've sent an email out to everybody um if you have not received that email and you're expecting to receive it then um please let me know um anybody who's bought a ticket from element games um or uh from uh, the waitlist or by trading with somebody else um who have let me know about that should have received that email um it has information on it about how and where to register on longshanks including a link um please go on and register you don't have to put your list in deadline for lists is the morning of the event um but please go on and register so that we know that um you're all signed up you find it so that we can uh do the morning as as quickly and as smoothly as possible can you just um, jump in there so yes yeah do not leave creating your Longshanks account to the morning of the event there'll be enough going on you'll be stressed you might be running late so like rich says create your account get logged in and then you can do if you want to do your list on the day then then that's fine um uh, but yeah absolutely like the amount of people we've had in previous events trying to like create the the event at register well their account at registration do you mean tom well i wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> gonna name names but you know you, you, you're likely gonna have to have a verification email and stuff that you're gonna have to do and then have you got you know internet signal and stuff like that so just get it all done beforehand and it life will be so much simpler yeah, I don't we are. Gonna, I was going to manage not being able to just take a picture of all the cards. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, see, um, Longshanks has got a fantastic uh, functionality that um, allows me to check people who have registered versus people who have paid for tickets. So um, I am currently going through that, and I will send increasingly frequent emails to people who have. Reg who have not registered for the event in the run-up to it. Um, I won't care about lists. Um, we're not having a, an early list submission deadline, although we did consider having kind of list submission on the Friday before so that we could ensure that they were all in, but realized that that would just be madness inducing because a lot of people literally don't even think about the event until the Saturday morning because they've got real lives. So um, it's not an online event. We don't need to do pre-event registration. We can, we can do it on the morning. So yeah that's that um we've got everything um i'm just gonna we've got a few bits and bobs left to pick up um cogger two are gonna um send us the uh, the final acrylic prizes but yeah we're basically set and ready to go and uh we're really looking forward to it and i know from some of the emails i've had back um that you guys are as well so it's gonna be awesome to see everybody um and uh yeah if you uh if you manage to scalp liam or ben then you can come get a big high five off me so 
Um, or Tim, actually, because Tim's playing too. And if you awesome. scalp all three of them, I might even give you a prize of some description. You'll have to go to them because I'd have kicked them in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's You're going to give them a hearty handshake. <laughs> yeah, well done. You've beaten three good players. Your prize is uh, a, a nice well done. This this old art that good I don't want. Good old solid handshake and a pat on the back. Yeah, three pats on the back. And then once you turn around, I'll strangle you. As long as you're small <laughs> enough and I can jump on your back. <laughs> Liam will give me a, like a pick-me-up. Right. Okay, so because, because we're moving into the Sith Taker Open, we're going to talk about it a little bit um, over the next three weeks. Um, but we're going to kind of talk about it in different angles. So um, this is uh, our biggest event since 2019. When we had the Sith Taker open in 2019, which was over 100 people, but it might have been 96, so it might be bigger than that. Um, I know we're a bit smaller uh, post-COVID. Um, and it's the biggest event by ticket sales in the UK since pre-COVID. So big tournaments. We've not had one for a long time. We've not had a 100-person-plus tournament for a very long time. And they're a bit different turning up to your local club night or your local store night so big tournament prep and what to expect from a big tournament um i'm not going to be playing so i'm going to go round the houses with you boys and ask you what you do when you're prepping for a big tournament both in terms of physical components and in terms of list selection and in terms of uh preparation for matchups practice and that kind of stuff so Let's start with Liam. Oh, God. <laughs> like me to not start with you so that you've got time to listen to other people and they say, yeah, pretty much what they said. I can no, start because about I'd have forgotten components. what I said anyway. And start. So regarding components, I'd make sure you've got all your essentials in your bag now. Just so you know you've got them. Make sure you've got your damage deck, all your rocks. That seems to be a popular one that people forget. Uh, your templates and all that. Uh, in regards to prep, just get your reps in. That's all you've got to do. Just make sure you've got everything revised. Look at your matchups. Look at your worst matchups. Look at your worst scenario and start looking at that. If you've got already got three scenarios down, it's pointless just trying to improve on them. In my eyes, I'd look at trying to cover my weakest weakest scenario mm-hmm. okay cool and also bring an iron stomach <laughs> yeah um yeah and hand sanitizer yes um uh, because... also masks are optional but if you are conscious make sure you've got a face mask with you oh very ugly yeah that's your excuse isn't it <laughs> uh, yeah um yeah, so I mean, like convention crud is a con crud is a is a common thing um, from like shaking hands, high fiving, fist bumping, sharing components. You know, if somebody just has the sniffles, never mind COVID or anything worse, um, you know, you, you can end up um, with a kind of a couple of days later, just everybody comes down with something. Um, I'm fully expecting to come down with something the week after uh, because I'll be 
in contact with a lot of people. Although last year I dodged, there was a couple of people came down with COVID after the Sith Taker opened last year and I managed to dodge that. Um, I think we were quite lucky. It, it was quite contained. Um, it was only about seven or eight people who ended up reporting that they had it. So uh, it was pretty good. But yeah, um, face masks and hand sanitizer, particularly hand sanitizer. Um, is I probably a, don't touch a your face idea. is a big one there. It's really hard though. I know, I know. But if you like consciously try not to do it, yeah, you're definitely going to reduce it more than you usually would. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. I I find it's the opposite of that. Yaz <laughs> told me the other day, just so I wasn't feeling too well after a chip shop tea. She was like, "Don't think about being sick." So naturally, I went to bed, and all I thought about was being sick. It's because of those deep fried chip. Those what they call battered chips. They were battered chips, and they make me feel sick if you eat too many of them. They're dead nice, but they're so rich. I also had battered bits. And a bad sausage. You are a fried man. I'm not good. It was a mistake. <laughs> and His hair's not naturally that colour. It's just the colour of fried batter that's kind uh, of... Honestly, I've never before. met someone who could eat so much fried food and not feel ill. It's all right. I, ex- I expelled it all at half three Saturday morning, so... <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, but which end? Oh, no, oh, right. Oh. No, let's move on. Let's move on. I don't need to get into this. Uh, weird fetishes. Your kink's not my kink, and it's definitely not okay. So, um, all right. So, Ben, um, when you're prepping to go up to a big tournament, what kind of, uh, what, what are you thinking about? With Well, start off, what kind of stuff are you bringing? Um, so, I always like to pack my bag, like, a few days before, so I can go back and double-check it, because I've got issues. Um, but... I always like to get everything out, like set my cards up, get my ships on bases, and just make sure I have like basically any token that goes on that card. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's so easy to like, I mean, I do it myself, I forget like a, a turret indicator or um, your strain token, just make sure you've got enough for what your list does, especially if your list has, a, like say, for example, when me and Liam were flying the, the Malara Swarm, need to make sure you've got enough strain tokens for your own mechanics. Yeah. Or if you've got a list that gives out ion tokens, make sure you give enough tokens to get your opponent ships as well because they're probably not expecting that amount of ion. Yeah. Have you got um, enough charge tokens for yeah. all of the charges that you're going to put on your cards? That's exactly. Set out your list in front of you like you was going to play the game and then sit yeah. and look and make sure it's all there. Yeah. And you you <laughs> have another... snacks as well. Make sure you've oh, got yeah. snacks. Like, like Tim's good for snacks. He's always got like some jerky, peanuts, things. You know, like finger food. That's also like protein. You need protein to keep your brain going. Yeah, and yeah. good point. Uh, what's it? Um, Chocolate ibuprof- milk, ibuprofen, and paracetamol because you do get backaches sometimes. Yeah, ibuprofen, paracetamol, chocolate milk. If you listen to Ollie Pocknell, everybody <laughs> needs chocolate milk. Brain food. Apparently, it was some chess guy said it's like an instant hit of, but it's slow release or something. I was a bit confused. Um, so I mean, you both. you've got a you've got a tournament box, haven't you, Ben? Like you just yeah, bring you, when you come yeah. to a tournament, you bring exactly what you need for that tournament for that yeah. day, right? And I only bring that. That is the box I bring to tournaments. Um, I don't use it all the time. Um, yeah, but that's got like little holes in it for things and. Things fit in so do you transfer places. all of your dice and all of your tokens, everything into that from your big kind of common use yeah. tray thing? Yeah, yeah, and that's why I say I, that's when I set up my list, I put the cards in. Um, I've got rocks in there, pens in there, 
Yeah. I've got extra range rulers just in case you need um, two sets for setting up. I've also got a, a separate um, template tray that I bring to the tournaments, which is one that splits in the middle. Yeah. Because and it's not going to be a problem at the City Acre Open, but some places don't have the amount of room that we do. Yeah. So this one splits sort of in half so you can fit it down the side if you need to. Or... Mm-hmm. Okay. Liam, do, do you have a separate tournament tray that you bring? Uh, no, so I just keep everything in a bag anyway. But because I don't often play in real life, I'm often fine just having my list in there and I'll just sort my list. So I've always got two lists in this bag and I just mm-hmm. have them, the one I'm using at the moment on the top. <laughs> okay, along with everything that you need. Because I mean, yeah. I've, I've, got a, I've got a Feldhair Mini Plus, which is like the two-layer Feldhair bag the, the the standard x-wing player felt hair kit which i think we've yeah. all got one of basically at this point um and what i tend to do is i've got a layer underneath that contains stuff like bases and cards and sometimes a second list and then the layer on the top contains the list that i'm using or the two lists that i'm using at that point in time um and i tend to use that as my tournament carry thing but when i've gone to big events in the past i've broken it down so i've literally just got what i need in a dice bag like tokens and dice and everything like that um and then uh just like i can carry my ships around i've got a box i can't remember i think it's like a hotel chocolat box or something like that um but it's exactly the right size to basically hold everything and i know um Dave has got a an X-Wing corset box and he's got a bit of foam that he found from one of the various foam manufacturers at exactly the right dimensions for it. So when he's going to a big event, he just puts a list in that box um, and then he's got everything that he needs in that one box, which is just like a little tray. And having a tray to carry your stuff around on is really, really important. Like, I mean, I remember martin purvis that used to play with us in stockport he's out he's out of the game at the minute and um, he's too busy climbing mountains on a weekly basis or something and shedding weight like nobody's business and, and all that kind of stuff but um he's um he used to carry literally a tea tray around with him with all of his stuff on it and it, it's like had handles and everything on the side my template <laughs> tray's got like gaps on for ships to go in not my template yeah. sorry my um tournament tournament yeah, yeah it's great it's a shame they don't make them anymore yeah, I'm. I'm sure you can get them. Like you, you can, can get, get them from somewhere like else, a, but not that one. Yeah, you can get them from um, the 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 acrylic provider. So Cog and and by the same token, both do them. Um, like basically little things that you can stick on top of your template tray, so that you can stick your bases on them and they sit on it. But I mean, you might as well at that point just be carrying it around, setting it on top of your templates. Um, if you've got a normal template tray, you know, just plonk them on top of it. Um. But I mean, I remember um, Harrison that used to play with us in in Stockport. He had a an R two D two shaped tub that he'd got some I don't know, bath soap or something in one Christmas. But it was like about six inches high, little R two D two tub, and he basically just plonked it on the corner of whatever table he was playing on. And it, at a tournament, he had everything in that, like he had a dice and all of his tokens and everything in that tub. And then during a game, if he lost a shield, he chucked it in the tub. If he spent a charge, he chucked it in the tub. Um, you know, every time he did something, it got chucked in the tub, if, as long as he wouldn't need it again. Um, and then it basically meant that at the end of every turn, he could just chuck what was left in the tub, um, pick, pick his cards and his dials and his ships up, move move to the next table. And it was really easy for him. Um, but it reminds me of the system open, I think, watching some of the players. And I 
Jesper Winstrom um, used to have exactly the tokens that he needed for his list. So, like, he had eight shields, you know, two ion tokens, and so on. And it was really funny because occasionally he would lose one and he would be like, ah, and he would have to go and borrow a focus off somebody or whatever. Um, because, you know, he only brought two focus tokens because he was using a two ship list. Um, so, anyway, Tim, you've done a lot of big tournaments in your time. Yeah, uh, both playing and running. Um, I would say so. Prep, prep wise, uh, I'm much like Ben. I, I would like get my entire list out a couple of days in advance. Uh, I tend to sleeve my upgrade cards, but not individually. What I'll do is I'll have one sleeve per ship, and then all the upgrade cards for that particular ship go into that sleeve, so mm-hmm. that when I come to set up, I basically just take that sleeve out and then just take all the cards out and then and then at the end of the game all those cards go back into that sleeve and then that helps me just make sure i keep all my sort of my pilots and my upgrades together mm-hmm. um i actually at the moment i currently have a, a ziploc bag um that i uh all my tokens so shield charge force focus token jam ion everything that i could possibly need for the game target locks all go into that little bag at the end of a game and then start Mm -hmm. the next game i can just basically just tip that out onto the sort of mat and then just uh, allocate all the tokens out um but i have uh treated myself to i've so i've had the um the two layer templates um set from cogo 2 for many years uh and i've actually just ordered the token layer to go with that um, so then, uh, same principle, all my tokens will go into that at the end of the game. And then at the start of the next game, uh, I can then just, you know, I've got all my tokens to hand. Uh, I will still have my, so I have a, a felt air case as well. Uh, mine's, I think, a bit chunkier than yours. Um, but I've got like a, a toolbox I bought and emptied out of all the screws and stuff. And that's got all my tokens and stuff in there. So if during a tournament, even me or uh, somebody else run out of a token. I have got spares on me if I need them. Um, but yeah. I, I will generally keep that in my rucksack during the day. Um, so I'm not constantly going in and out of that, that one uh, in, into the sort of the toolbox as such. Um, yeah. So generally, um, I mean, one thing uh, I will say probably is a sort of general thing for people is make sure you have got your cards. So this will be kind of like a premier level event. So you are you are expected to have your cards. Have you made any um, decision about, um, is it Infinite Arenas, the printouts, if they are uh, legal or not? Uh, I haven't published them. Um, I think people need to have the cards. Yeah. If you have the cards with you, but you have an infinite arenas printout for, you know, because you find that easier to keep track of stuff. If your opponent is okay with you using infinite arenas, then that's fine. But um, if they say, I, I struggle to see what it is that you're doing over there, I want to be able to see your cards and see your charges on cards. I don't just want an A4 printout with a pile of charges and shield tokens and stuff on it. Um, I need to see things separately then. I think individually, like individuals, should be able to ask you to use the full card setup. Mm-hmm. Um, without I, I don't any like the infinite arenas, to be honest. Like, no, I, I, I like the cards, but I, I, I like the idea. But I think the yeah, like you say, the execution. I I, I am short sighted, um, so I, I I like wear glasses to drive and stuff. Uh, and I know that some of the you know the standardized loadout cards have got 
multiple upgrades with charge tokens so yeah it sometimes can be tricky like from the far side of the board trying to work out where what those charge tokens are on um but yeah. i would suggest that everybody brings uh, a couple of copies of their their list printed um because that will speed uh the, you know that 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 sort of start period at the start of the game where you meet your opponent because there's gonna be a hundred odd people in the hall it's not that easy just to walk around the table and have a look at your all your opponent's cards like you might do on a club night. Um, so if yeah. you can share squad lists. Now, they will be on long shanks, um, but I've found that long shanks isn't perhaps the easiest to view compared to, say, um, tabletop TO and sort of, you know, what we've been previously used to. Um, yeah, so- it's weird on mobiles. It's fine on laptops and desktops, but it's not so great on mobiles um, for, for list viewing. I think yeah, it's, I it's, it's the wrapping, isn't it, of the, uh, yeah. the URL. So hopefully everybody's going to use Yasby um, to upload their list. And I don't get me wrong, I, I use LaunchBay Next as well. I think LaunchBay Next for me is my mobile app of choice for squad building uh yasby is absolutely what i use for desktops and for list submission um and then if you do your list submission with that it will have like the typed part so you can put the text in there has the here's the url at the bottom uh you can grab that url but the wrapping does make you know the list a little funky to view um yeah but yeah if you've got your list for your opponent you can you can obviously share that and i think that's just polite really more than anything um just so your opponent can see um, I think they've changed the rules, haven't they, now about being able to take notes? Because I know before we weren't allowed to, but yeah, you can now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if that... you want to take notes, you, you you can do. That was the weirdest discussion I had with a referee at Worlds or a judge at Worlds in 2019. I was allowed to make notes up until the point that the round timer started. So yeah. like, I was working out like half points on on ships and stuff, but after the round timer started, I wasn't allowed to make notes. I'm like, but this speeds the game up. Like knowing like the points and stuff, you know, it always yeah. just baffled me. Uh, it used to just be a memory competition, didn't it? it? Like when you were trying to figure out your win condition with five minutes left, and that's you it. Just, yeah, you were trying to balance in your head how many points different ships were. Te- technically, you could work out the score in your head, but you weren't allowed to use pen and paper to work it out. Um, so yeah, that was um, thing. So yeah, so so like so prep wise, um, I would yeah certainly get my list out, make sure I've got all my components, make sure you got the correct base plates, and that does sound daft, but occasionally we do proxy ships on on an evening or whatever, so make sure you got that, make sure it's a correct dial, all those little noddy things that you might take for granted. Um, There's nothing worse, Tim, than going to a 600 player event in Birmingham and being the one player who makes the TO get on the microphone and say does anybody have a night beast base plate just picking a pilot at random um <laughs> i mean this is i've i've i yeah i've i've had to had to ask uh, you know uh, for people and yeah absolutely and and tim, tim tim you forgot your night beast at birmingham you ended up using something with a bit of masking tape over it with a four written on it instead because vince was polite to you have you forgotten did i <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, but yeah. Oh, what's the point of me making jokes at your expense when they don't land because you've got no memory? What's up? Is this the origin? Is this the origin story to Tim being so organised now? Yeah. Um. I was. I was actually. It might have been else. day. It might have been day two or something. It was anyway. It was you, you decided to put night. It was when you were running Inferno Squadron. Okay. Plus night based. And you brought the uh, you brought the wrong initiative pilot or something 
I can't remember. I just remember you being absolutely scundered and also laughing at your experience. Well, I mean, this is uh, what I was going to say, because obviously I, I am certainly one of the people that would bring a stripped down uh, like tournament box or, or you know, my, my, I mean, I only rarely have like one, maybe two lists in my, yeah. my Feldherr case. Um, so, yeah, if, if people are asking for spares, you know, there's probably not that many people that are bringing their collections with them and, ha- and will have spares to hand. So, um, short of a, may- maybe bringing a spare list for side events or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, um, and then at the actual, um, at the actual weekend, I know you've made a comment of, uh, asking people to like dress appropriately. So, you know, I mean, it is, it is winter, you know, it is, potentially be cold but equally you know we are going to be in a room with 100 people so there is potential for that room to get warm and thinking thinking and standing makes you sweat when you're yeah i mean i i will probably I, I will probably wear shorts because that's what i tend to wear in, in, at big events uh but i'll certainly have a, a jumper with me or hoodie or something like that um so i can i can wear that um comfy shoes sounds daft but yeah like you know you are gonna be on your feet we're going to be playing five rounds we're not playing six um so yeah you were talking about snacks so um i've always been one to sort of i used to do uh, do a lot of sports sort of hockey and stuff when i was younger uh and so yeah i'd have some sort of sugary snacks i'd also have some salty snacks um so i know like you know, i just have a tupperware box of like salted peanuts and haribo and just I, I mix them together i don't care i'm gonna eat them together um and then also I, I bring a bottle for water um so it is a licensed venue um so you can't bring outside drinks with you except for a water bottle um yeah you know element games does support us and our events so please do support the bar and obviously it is a business at the end of the day that does provide a gaming space for all us nerds to get together so um you know it's it's not a particularly expensive bar uh it's not a student union by any means um but they will be able to do tap water if you want it uh they'll have you know numerous soft drinks hot drinks alcoholic drinks uh but keep yourself watered you got snacks uh we're doing lunch on the saturday yeah lunch on the saturday and on the sunday if you make cut you will get lunch as well what's for lunch subway Subway buffet. I mean, it's like it's yeah. You, you can get uh, several different types of sub. Packet of crisps, I think, isn't there? So it's yeah. yeah so you're going to get three pieces of Subway, so nine inches of meat and cheese, or just cheese. Are you no saying meat. you're going to have nine inches of meat? Hot nine inches. No, I mean it's not hot. It's going to be it's going to be cold because they don't do toasted ones for us. But yeah, it's um we've uh we've because we've sold out basically we've been able to increase the uh the spend on lunch so um rather than getting uh, basically a six inch subway you're going to get nine inches of subway if you want it um which means that some people will be fine with only two bits which means that some people like me will get to eat four bits so it's all good um but yeah what past you would just go fatty I mean, I'll just wait until lunch is finished and the round after lunch is started, and then I'll go down and hoover up what's left because you know that's my modus operandi. So it's all good. That's that's a yeah. dad's job. It is. Yep. Waste not, want not. But yeah, <laughs> the, the bar also sells chocolate bars, and I think they have crisps and stuff like that as well. So I mean, uh, I, I put on the email that there's a QR code on each table or in the vicinity of each table and you can use that to order drinks and snacks from the bar and they bring them to you so they used to walk around and do like 
table orders, like asking if anybody wanted drinks. Now, if you want to drink, you just beep the QR code, pick what you want off the bar. Um, they do do drink refills for 50p for tea and coffee. Um, it's a pound if you use a disposable cup. So if, you, if you've got um, uh, a keep cup or something like that, you bring it with you, you can get um, brews for 50p, um, which is, is worth it over the course of a day. Um, that's worth knowing. It's also worth knowing that the QR code also links to a local pizza shop. <laughs> so, you know, if you can't wait for lunch or, you know, you really just want dinner, um, they do nice stone-baked pizzas. It is pretty pretty good, actually, the, the pizza place that, the, that they're linked to. Um, they're about a tenner-ish uh, for a pizza, so it's it's good. And, and again, they deliver it to the table that you order it from. So Proper oven cook. They're like proper fire oven cooks. You get the charred yeah. bits on them. It's dangerous. I could eat lots of them. But the, I think the problem is, is that if you order it with like 20 minutes to go in the round and then you get paired and you lose and then you get moved down halfway down the room, the pizza's going to turn up at table four where you used to be, not at table 27 where you are now. Um, so, yeah, try, try and bear in mind that you need to order your pizzas at the start of a round, not at the end of a round before you move. Um, or, you know, just in the evening after it all finishes, they'll. They'll take Pete. They'll bring pizzas in up until like 10 p.m. or something like that. It'll be fine. Um, I mean, so, I mean, that's also worth touching on as well. So the venue is going to be open Friday evening and Saturday evening, um, yes. and in the evening and through the day. If you want to bring food in, order food in, that's absolutely fine. Um, just tidy up after yourself. Just you know, just be a bit courteous to the staff. Tim, Tim, you don't work there anymore. I don't. But yeah, but it, it, do it, be courteous it, to yeah. the staff. <laughs> like it just, or even just like your fellow gamer, like nothing worse yeah. than getting to a table and you know and put something because there's like little drawers under the table that you can mm-hmm. put stuff in, and then someone's just left food in there or something like that. Um, so there's yeah. there's plenty of bins around stuff like that, and this is it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to be tidying up after people, so just tidy up after yourself. Yeah. So there's there's going to be more staff on than there were last year. So we we gave Element loads of feedback after last year's event. Um. So there's going to be extra staff on to make sure that they've got enough people to actually deal with everything. Um. So, um. Yeah. Being being courteous because they're they're cool and we have to see them every Tuesday. So um. Be nice to them so that they're. They let us come back again, basically. Um, but That's anyway, big tournament prep. We're back into Liam. What are you going to say? Deodorant. Yeah. I mean, deodorant. yeah, shower. Shower if you're coming because there's going to be 100 people. And if you're like me and you're going to get a sweat on once it gets stressful in round four um, or round five, <laughs> maybe, bring, maybe, bring a, <laughs> maybe bring a spare T-shirt. To, to change into um at the end of the day if you're going to hang around and drink um or whatever um but you I mean this is basic basic adult hygiene would be fantastic thank you very much um i mean i reserve the right as the to to send you over the road to the hotel to have a shower if you come in and you're absolutely hanging if i have to wrinkle my nose when i walk past you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Um, so yeah, right. That that's big tournament prep. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, I mean, bit of bit of a mixed emotion, bit of bit, bit bittersweet because you know I'm not getting to do my prep and I'm not getting to do my play. Um, I mean, yeah. So um, it, again, we will be able to reach out to the community. You know, if somebody's traveling from far away and they've checked and double checked everything, and then they hit the hotel and they check it and they go, oh crap, of not brought any ion tokens or whatever then you know as a community we are able in in the local area to support that kind of stuff um but you know if you've 
not brought your Vader defender dial or something like that, then you know that there there are various and multiple options for how to get another one. And having somebody who lives nearby nipping home isn't really fair. Um, so try and remember everything. Check and double check that you've got all the stuff that you need. Um, you know, I will be bringing a few spare cards. Um, if you are missing a card and you need to borrow it, then let us know in advance rather than approaching me on the day. But, you know, understand that things happen. Um, so this isn't saying don't. It's saying, uh, you know, you can. Um, on the subject of cards, alt art cards are absolutely fine um, as long as they are um, actual dark cards, not a bit of paper with false transponder codes scrolled across the back of it, or a different illicit turned over in a in a card back, um, something like that. If you've got a, a high quality old dark card um, in place of a genuine card, then that's absolutely fine. It must be clear what it is um, as well. Uh, so, um, well, I say all, all the all the text should match the original, all, like all the stats and everything like that. It shouldn't just like yeah. don't, shouldn't just say like false transponders and. Like a picture, it should actually have the rules text. So yeah. that if, if your opponent wants to view it, I mean, I, I so I, if I have my altar Obi ones or something like that, I'll actually have the legal card. So this is what I say about having card sleeves as well. Is that yeah. I'll actually have the legal card uh, behind the altar, um, so that yeah. I have got that if if my opponent wants. Um, Slightly trickier, but not as important. I suppose foreign language, just, um, but obviously, um, I think most people can probably understand. But if you can obviously get an English copy of um, any of your, your cards, it obviously would help. Well, but. For, foreign language copies are legal. Yeah, um, no, they are. But, they are. Yeah. but the, um, the, the default is that if there's any rules discussions, then the rules will be ruled on using um, English language copies of those cards. Yeah. Um, so nuance in language and translation and stuff like that, we're going to fall back on the English language versions. Um, and, you know, I, I would expect if I went to play in Germany that the German TO would fall back on the German uh, language cards because, you know, nuances of card text are, are difficult to understand at the best That's of times. So that. I, th yeah, I thought, I mean, it may have been old FFG hangover. English might have been the universal because everything's translated from English. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they they write the rules in English and then translate them. So the FFG always said it's default, um, default English um, for rules. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. So the the only other thing that I was reminded of is I've taken to um last time I won some store credit somewhere I didn't want to buy any ships, so I bought a bunch of card sleeves in different colours. So now I've got six um ship markers in different primary colors and matching card sleeves in the same primary colors so when i'm prepping for a tournament i set um colored dials um with matching ship markers and target locks and then matching card sleeve colors so if you say i'm shooting the red one i don't have to figure out which pilot that is and then look at the jumble of cards in front of me i can just do stuff on the red ship and it makes things so much easier <laughs> i've been so much thinking out come on rich i've been doing that for years you need to step it up a gear get yourself the, the mighty morphin power ranger sticker book and then you can have <laughs> you can have a mighty morphin power ranger sticker on each of those sleeves with oh, a di diff do. different color helmet yeah, that's what that's what I started with. What was it, the Inferno Squadron? Then I took it onto the Five A Wings, and I always appreciated that you um, you had the, the Black Tie Fighter was the Black Ranger, but that was the one with the wing that had fallen off. 
What? Yeah, good. Black Ranger is the one with the finger missing. <laughs> well, so yeah, so you told me that. I I have no idea if, if well, you never is. noticed it as a kid at all. Yeah. It's something I found afterwards. Yeah, that was just wonky wumper. That was that. <laughs> That's why it always made me laugh when we used to play. Or I drove you to an event and then you knocked me out but, of it. But there's yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, that was Harlequins, wasn't it? Returning for yeah, yeah. day two, top cut, and I knock you out first round, and I got all the way to the final, <laughs> didn't I? So you had to stay there all day. Uh, oh dear. Um, but little things like that, like color coding, like it is a long day. You know, your brain's going to be buzzing for you know, sort of seven and a half hours, eight, you know, nine, ten hours worth of, you know, however long we're in the hall. Um, and doing things like color coding stuff, it does make you know it does make things simpler. Um, yeah. Like I, I even go so much as I I use the same colors on the tabletop as I do on TTS, so yes. that I now know control is my pink V wing, click is my yellow V wing, that sort of thing. And then mm-hmm. um, yeah, like if I have to change the colors, and I wouldn't say it's OCD. But it's very like if I've suddenly changed the ship, I'm not thinking right. Hang on a second, clicks now blue. You know, and it's like little things like that. But um, yeah, I think um, little things like that can can help. And you know, like uh, me and Ben have said, like you know, having like you know your tokens together, and you know, you said about sleeving up your cards and all these all these little things just make your life a little simpler on the day because you know you don't want to be rushing around and you know, yeah, you know, trying to get all your tokens out at the start of each game and you know trying to work out which ship. I mean, I mean that was it. Like for me, it all started with the because I ran six Tie Fighters. And that was it as well. It's like because of the all well, they were originally six grey tie fighters, weren't they? Until I uh, went a bit crazy with the rainbow. Were um, they all yeah. tie fighters? Yeah, uh, I me- seem to remember one of them being a, a, an SF. Tie oh, fighter. Uh, one was an SF. One was a tie FO. <laughs> no uh, one ever noticed. Though. Well, <laughs> no, like a good boy, I I did go up to Alex Watkins at the start of one of the system opens and just said FYI because they were like, if you have count as ships. So I was like, if you can't tell, this Howl Runner that's painted green is in fact a TIE SF, and this Iden is actually a TIE FO, and Alex just looked at me and went, the TIE Fighters went, that's fine, but I just wanted to check. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, we're not going to be fussy, are we, about, you know, if somebody has Sabine's TIE in a TIE Swarm so that they can easily spot where Howl Runner is. Um, or whatever, you know, I've got one TIE that's a different colour because then I know which one my Howl Runner is or whatever. That's perfectly normal it's the same as like if somebody brings a t65 instead of a t70 by accident literally nobody cares um it's an x-wing on the table and it's it's pretty much fine yeah Um, yeah the the only confusing part is if you were running fo and you had tie sfs and tie fos and you know if you've got one another so like if it's absolutely clear like you know these are all tie lns then You know, yeah, they've got to be clearly identifiable as the ship that they are. That's that's basically it. So, um, yeah, if anybody's running a first order swarm and they're bringing tie SFs, um, then don't try and use a tie SF as a tie FO. There you go. Right. I'm going to move on. Um, so we've started talking about cards. We're talking about tournaments. One of the parts of prepping about tournaments is starting to think about the kind of things that you might face into. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about kind of the primary one or two-ish meta lists or meta archetypes that are coming out from each each faction. Um, But today, I would like to ask you each to talk about a card or a couple of cards at most that you think um, 
people might be sleeping on a little bit, accepting local metas and blah, blah, blah. Some people will be like, oh, everybody's using that near me. But um, something that is, you think, a great little card that not many people have actually picked up on and started using yet. So I'm going to I'm gonna lead off with Ben. I think that just the gauntlet in general, I think people haven't really we've we've seen people do little bits hit like the cam one obviously the get uh, gsp thing with didn't they mm-hmm. but you just don't generally see it used much and yourself did quite well with like the rebel one of the rebel pilots yeah ezra um, yeah, yeah. Uh, rook's still great i just think people haven't looked into it as much and i think someone's going to do well with it again maybe one of the, the in the other factions yeah i mean I keep looking at Maul, right? In is he in Separatist Maul? Going like, um, uh, he's in Scum. Scum. He's I five, and he can stop. And I just look at it, and I just think, what is going on there? His ability is pretty good as well. Yeah. So Maul, while you perform a coordinate, you can choose a ship with an initiative lower than yours, and you can spend a force. Treat the action as white and coordinate an additional friendly ship with an initiative lower than yours. Each friendly ship that you coordinate in this way gains a strain token. So because he's I-5, that means they end up strained at the beginning of the engagement phase, but there's a diminishing return on strain, isn't there? Um, so do you think we'll see anybody bringing Maul in the gauntlet? I mean, he's expensive. He's nine points, which is probably why he's disappeared. He he got the old up-up-up treatment after he was <laughs> kind of everywhere uh, when he first came out. I actually think we're going to see Ezra. I think some Ezra. Yeah. Um, I know we, we've talked about it in groups we're in, haven't we? We're other people, not just you, have talked about it. Yeah, so Adam, who was on last week... Um, He's having a lot of fun with Ezra Gauntlet. Um, I know we see Root cast a lot um, around see, the place. I don't think we see it a lot. We saw after seeing Cam do well with it, you very rarely see it. What's the Imperial one called that does damage for fun? Oh no, the Imperial one's Hark, who who sideswipes. What's the one called? He just does blanks. Is he the Separatist one? What do you mean, mate? The one who flips it's at Pre Vizsla. Vizsla is the one that adds an attack die every other turn. Uh, You're talking about Rook cast? Rook's the one who changes anything to a hit. Anything to a hit. And Pre is the one who rolls an additional die. Right, yeah. Yeah, every so, other turn. I think yeah, you can give it to got... other people, can't you, as well? Um, no. I'm sure, I'm sure there's one who can give other people extra dice. Uh, is that Bo-Katan in the Republic? But I mean, this this ex- this quite leads into my point that people don't look at it very seriously. Yeah, because we just don't remember what they do. I think yeah, it's seen uh, one of the Imperial ones. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I straight up like the Gauntlet. I think it's a really interesting ship, and I think one of the reasons I like it is because it's in uh, scenarios it's really difficult to kill um it's amazing like stand up amazing in um assault at the satellite array be be near be near them for you then um <laughs> five and be near them um like assault at the satellite array is is literally like especially ezra who can just stop for three or four turns on the trot if he gets into the triangle of objectives where he's tagging all three of them and he sits there for four turns that's 12 points and he's a seven point ship 
So if you put all of the resources into actually killing him, um, you're, st you're still going to end up, you know, massively down. Um, because that ship has just sat there and said, I'm having these 12 points over these four turns, plus anything that my friends go and pick up elsewhere. Um, so, you know, have fun. Um, he struggles a little bit in some of the other scenarios, but, you know, it depends what you fly with him. So, yeah, I agree. Gauntlets are good. So let's go next. Liam, Liam, what's a card that people are sleeping on at the minute? I think you've got to look at FO. Uh, a lot of people will sleep on the value of things like Ember, which back in the day no one even looked at. Back in the days of 2.0. But I know myself and a couple of others have started looking at Ember, and it's a real catch you out mechanic because while ember is attacking if there is a ship with a damage card on at range zero to one of the defender including itself it can't spend a focus um, on defense which means you've got to natty out of that and of course if you've got say like a decimator in your list and you've got loads of ties and they're all flying around it it is going to mess you up a bit uh, in a similar light, I'd say another ship ability you've really got to look out for is Dead to Rights, especially with the, the Rogue class starting to pop up with Cad Bane and Dirge. You can't spend any form of green token in its bullseye when it's attacking, and that includes Reinforce. It shuts that off. You can't use Evade tokens, and you can't use Focus. Um, so that's something you've always got to be very mindful of, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Dead Cadbane's popping up. I think Dead to Rights is powerful, particularly range zero attacks. Um, we found, well, it can't have been Cadbane that did it, but it was it was Ember. Um, it was at the Wumpa warm up. I think Tim talked about it last week, where Ember was doing a range zero shot into Fenrau Fang Fighter, um, and with Concordia not working at range zero, um, Fen had a focus, but Ember but had taken two damage and rolled a handful of eyeballs, couldn't spend his focus because he was damaged, so Ember killed him. Um, it's Ember's ability is really good. I uh, played a quick game on TTS with it um, last night against somebody who just wanted to you know, play into something that they've never used or seen before. So I was like, uh, here, have a go at this. Um, and yeah, she's, um, she's very good, Ember. Um, there's a lot of stuff in FO that's really good um and i think there's they've got that um axis of tie fighters that imperials used to have um so they've got scorch who can take a strain for a three dice attack who's three points they've got is he dc dt798 or whatever who's um, scorch takes a stress and dt798 yeah. takes a strain to roll yes. additional attack die and then you've got Malarus, who's at three points, who you could put cluster missiles on and has double-modded cluster missiles for three dice attacks. Um, and then that's nine points of ship. And then you've got 11 points um, to kind of fill in with whatever else you want. Um, so those are really, really strong, really, really strong options. Um, and, you know, there's other three-point options like um, Gallic at three. There's... Um, Midnight, you can put in. I think Midnight's four, though. Um, Midnight's four, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many cheap options in FO, and they've all got enough loadout to take a shield upgrade as well. So you're talking about five health TIE fighters. It's, it's pretty neat. Um, but I'm not sure if it's a 
amazing, but I think it's something that and we'll come on to this kind of when we're between the Sith Taker Open and Worlds, but we'll be talking about lists that you need to prep or have a plan for. Um, and I think a first order salad. It's like resistance, six ship resistance salad, first order, six ship salad, you know, big punchy scum, Vader, Battle of Yavin, Ties, that kind of stuff. Just lists that are going to turn up. We'll, we'll talk a lot more about that after the Sith Taker Open's finished. Um, cool. Thank you, Liam. Uh, what was Liam? Sorry. Uh, first order stuff. Yeah. Like It was Dead to Rights and Ember. Yeah, things that stop you from spending tokens um, on defense. So, Tim? Hmm. Um, I think it's tough to sort of say what, what you know people have been sleeping on. I mean, one thing I think that maybe has caught me out a little bit uh, recently is playing against swarms again. Um, because we sort of got used to, I think, five ships being kind of the norm. Um, and you, you do occasionally see four ship, um, but I think uh, we're, we're starting to see six and seven ship uh, lists starting to sort of creep in again. And with scenario play, I think you do need to think about how you play those scenarios. I mean, I think there's very different ways you play the different scenarios because obviously one's about holding like area, one's about obviously towing crates. Um, scramble could be very different against a swarm because you've probably got you if you've got a lower ship count you've probably got um, higher initiative um, mm-hmm. but yeah I think you know having a plan for how you might um, play against you know perhaps a seven ship list versus say your five ship or even your three or four ship um, so just be aware of yeah just um, you know how how those sort of lists play out and have a plan for those sort of different um, size lists and the different scenarios. And bear in mind, they might play the scenarios very differently as well. Like, um, you know, they they might look at you and think that you're going to play the objectives, so actually they need to go and kill you. Um, so, yeah, I think um, obviously just be aware of the ship ship count creeping up a little. Yeah, it's interesting that most of the factions can put a six-ship swarm on relatively different levels of um, effectiveness. I think FO and Resistance, and Liam's probably spitting feathers about it, but FO and Resistance are probably the best six ship swarms, um, where the swarmy faction being droids, I think can can do an effective swarm, but um, yeah, I'm not not sure it's as effective as it should be, um, but it's hard to balance it up to being the best swarm without making it oppressive. So, um, yeah. And we can talk a little bit about swarms in a minute, about how, how you can combat them, because it's time for Liam's question of the day. Oh, I had more time. I was making a hot chocolate. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's nice to know that you give this your full attention. It's not for me. It's for Yaz. She's just got back from her fitness class. Oh, right. Okay. Come on, he's got to keep a sweet. There's not many people who... I mean, you cut out at the end of your sentence there, Ben, but we all know what you said. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I was going to say something, you know, like, oh, she's going to a fitness class, she's fed up with you already. Normally that's how you can tell one, one person in a relationship. It's like, I'm going to start going to the gym again. It's like, oh. Well, she teaches it. So... Oh, does she? Yeah. Ah. 
what what kind of uh, what kind of fitness classes does she run? Ones where you get exercise, right? Whereas me, the ones I run are fitness whole burger in my mouth. Right. <laughs> that was good for you. <laughs> oh, right. Are you ready, Liam? Are you ready? I am. Yeah. Are you still stirring hot chocolate? I'm no longer stirring it. I'm okay. Just gonna take the boy out for for his uh. Okay. So when I said, are you uh, ready? And you said, yes. What you meant was, no, I've still got to take the dog out into the back garden so he can have a poo. It's all right. I'm, uh, I'm on my phone, so it's fine. Go on then. Uh, okay. So when it comes to your rock deployment, what do you tend to aim for? Do you look at making it difficult for your opponent or do you prioritise... Uh, obviously something that benefits yourself. Now, one example is countering swarms. If I see a swarm, I don't really care what the rocks are for me, as long as I can ruin the swarm's chances of manoeuvring around objectives and stuff, so I'll go for the hourglass deployment. Uh, What about you guys? How do you approach it? Who's going first? Rich can go first because he spoke first. (laughs) <laughs> oh, right. So, if my opponent has something that wants a certain rock set up, then I will look to counter that, unless I also want a similar rock set up. So, by, by which I mean, if I have trick shot and my opponent has trick shot, then we're all just going to be blasting trick shots at each other because I will set up a trick shot set up. Unless. <laughs> their trick shots are going to be better than mine. So like if they've got a shattering trick Jedi and I've got a trick shot Poe, for example, I'll probably not, I'll, I'll probably give up Poe's trick shots to try and prevent um, the horrible six dice thing that can happen um, with HLCs. Thanks, Tim. Still sore um, after you did that to me. Um, so yeah, Jess Parvada won health in one attack. It was, it was super cool. Um, so it was. Um, well, it's a it's a good job that you uh, rolled that paint because that yeah that was nearly a one. Oh no, it was two attacks. It was two attacks. Yeah. Sorry, because the HLC, the six dice HLC, took the took her shields off, and then everything else took her down to one. I, I recall now, but yeah, it was horrible, horrible. Um, so yeah, to, just to answer, I'll I'll um I'll try and counter like a trick shot, but as you say, if. Somebody plonks a tie swarm down and be like, right, the first big rock is going at uh, three in from their board edge and two in from the side on one corner and of their corners. And the other rock, my second big rock is going in the other in the same place, mirroring that on the other side of the board. And then my third one is going somewhere in the middle if because they're going to try and play for like an L shape rock setup. Um, so that they can deploy on the end of the L shape and have a big empty board space to to wheel into, and um, basically where all of the rocks are two from the board edge along one deployment zone and and down one side of the map. That's the ideal rock setup for a swarm. That's what you play for if you're flying a swarm. Um, get as close to that as you can. Um, and the opposite of that is, you know, six big rocks in an hourglass shape that Liam kind of referred to earlier, where you've got kind of two either side of the centre objective and then um, the, the other four, not quite cornered, but almost cornered a little bit in from that. And that just prevents the swarms from being able to, to hold their formation and sweep through. 
Um, yeah, that's basically it for me. I mean, it's probably worth saying that there's general things to think about, or do I want the, the rocks to be near me or near my opponent? Do I want to make them come past and through rocks to get to me? Or do I want to, um, am I happy with the rocks where they are? Do I want the diagonal across the board so that I can strafe a trick shot falcon, for example, up the side of it? Um, you know, do I want a little triangle in the middle? Like, do you remember back in the day of Dash when you wanted the three debris in a triangle somewhere so that you could just three bank around and, and always get your trick shots and always just ignore them and whatever? Um, it's like, there's there's like all of these things that you can try for um i think like a critical one to think about is in assault at the satellite array if somebody has a big base ship and they've put three objectives really close to each other in a little triangle what you must do is put a rock in the middle of that triangle the biggest rock that you have available to you um if you don't That's what i was literally gonna say yeah it, <laughs> Like there's it's 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 such a nuanced thing because sometimes you think you've got a good turn zero with rocks until you realise that you haven't, and it's difficult to to identify why you haven't. But you know you're like going, yep, this seems fine, this seems fine, this seems fine, and then all of a sudden you finish, and then you look at it and you go, oh no, <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know why, but oh no, I don't like this anymore. Um, yeah, I think that leads into practice though, because. When when you're saying you you practice, you think you're doing well. If you've practiced a list regularly, you'll suddenly go, "Oh no, what for?" Like I know, um, I was playing against someone on last Tuesday that, as soon as we started, I I'd done something bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll move on to Tim. How do you approach it? Well, I'm the bad man running trick shot, shouting shot over one of the HLC with click taking away range three, so. Uh, I I just clump them all in the middle. But. So that's that that's basically your your playing for. This is what I want, and I, mean, I don't care. Like not. I like to think that I can judge distances pretty well with X Wing, and I've been playing for an awful sort of quite a few years now. Um, so I actually back myself to fly around the rocks. Um. So I'm quite happy with them, like, clustered together. Um, generally, lists I fly these days aren't so blocky. And even, like, if I was flying a swarm, I, I don't think I'd be that fussed if my block was being split up a little bit by, by um, obstacles. Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy to have it congested and, and maybe have that either throw my opponent off being, you know, they're not quite perhaps getting the channels they want or, you know, the formation they want. Uh, equally, they might fly onto a rock uh, or, or something. So I I always bring the three big rocks, whichever list I'm sort of flying with, uh, irrespective of whether or not I'm I'm running the sort of shattering trick shot type stuff. Um, and I probably still would anyway, just because I, I, I think... <laughs> I think having those obstacles is good because... I think if you get a person, a player that's that's good at say judging distances and flying round rocks, they are fine with whatever obstacles you bring. Whereas you get some players that perhaps they always bring the smallest rocks because you know they're worried about landing on them, and so they're the ones that perhaps will get thrown off a bit more by having the bigger rocks. I don't know. I mean, that's 
That is my thought on it. I don't I don't really worry too much about placement these days. Um just sort, yeah. sort of um like you say, like, you know, perhaps as you put as you perhaps put put your third one down, you're sort of looking at are there any particular channels? You know, have you left that triangle open? You know, stuff like that, and just trying to break it up a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I think it's. I, I recall. I can't remember who it was, but I just recall a conversation a long time ago. Is that a lot of people do default to the same three rocks, whatever list they're taking. And it is worth thinking about whether you actually are advantaged or disadvantaged by big rocks, whether, you know, you want to take um, gas clouds is a really good example, because if you're not bothered about a 50-50 chance of being ioned, or you're taking big ships, for example, you can position your gas clouds in the middle of the, of the battlefield. If somebody takes a lock on you, you can just fly, over, or if you're like, right, the alpha strikes come in this turn, um, they all fly in, lock you. Um, and then you literally just do a weird move that takes you over a gas cloud. Um, you get ionized. You shed all your locks. Um, you know, it's like Jedi. I think probably yeah. want gas clouds because they can still do stuff. Um, and a one in eight chance of actually, or no, it's not fifty-fifty of being ionized. But yeah, like you know, I, I yeah, I, I, I would not be taking uh, gas clouds with with my Republic list because I obviously I, I do. I, yeah, uh, because I, re- I rely on obviously taking target locks and, and stuff. But uh, I, I know back in 2.0, I used to run large debris with my uh, Malarus Swarm because on that turn that I had to, I was quite happy to fly through the debris because a TIE Fighter taking stress, well, I'll be able to clear that next turn. A one in eight chance of taking a crit, and I had a shield anyway. Um, possibly not so much these days. Now there's a fifty-fifty chance of taking damage, um, mm-hmm. but that I mean, like certain certain ships hate stress, like their dials are rubbish. Um, so yeah, actually maybe taking the debris for a bit more sort of uh, sort of putting a bit more stress out there is not a terrible shout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Thank you, Liam. It's a, a good question about deployment, and I think it it it's very layered, very nuanced, very difficult to do in a in a vocal medium, um, because it's not just about how you approach turn zero, but also about how you select your obstacles. So, do you want gas clouds? Do you want debris? Do you want big ones? Do you want little ones? Then, once you've made those decisions, what's your opponent brought? Then, turn zero of actually placing the rocks down. Do you want to use yours? to get what you've asked for or what you want or do you want to use your opponents because you know they've brought big ones you've got a swarm so you want to take their big rocks and put them out of your way so that they they can't use them to gum up your channels or whatever um do you want to put them one range one of each other to make your opponent crash into them do you want to spread them out um do you think that your opponent is going to crash into rocks um if given the opportunity you know and, and all this kind of stuff it's it's very interesting and, as I said, nuanced conversation. We could probably talk about it for hours, So, uh, but we're not going to. Um, I'm quite a fan of just lobbing the first rock out and going, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Mm. See what happens. Uh, well, I remember playing against somebody who said, I like doing this because it tilts people, and he flipped it onto the table like a coin, and it landed illegally, and I was like, well, you need to move that so it's legal. And he picked it up and flipped it again, and it landed illegally, and I was like, or just put it on the table somewhere. 
<laughs> and it's like, yeah, I like doing this because it tilts people. And I was like, I, I'm not getting tilted. I just know that you're not really putting any thought into this, which means I'm going to win turn zero. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cheers for that. Freebie. Um, yeah, won that game quite convincingly. And he was a bit if he, it, if he flipped it for a third time, it landed legally. I'd tell him I'm placing it. And it yeah. counts as yours. I'll just put that one down. Come on. <laughs> Timer started. Call the judge over for slap play. <laughs> <laughs> judge, this guy's taking four minutes to place one obstacle because he keeps flinging it around the room instead. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other thing for um, big tournament prep is if you don't have enough green dice at the end of round one, just look around the edges of the room um, and you'll find them kind of in all the nooks and crannies among all the terrain and underneath tables and stuff from where people have got really annoyed at um, a green dice and they've yeeted it. So, yeah. I mean, you might not want that one if it's a bad one, but, you know, if you just need some more green dice, you can always find them on the floor after a, after an event's finished. <laughs> right. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's us done for today, I think. Um, Except for to say, we've stopped talking about the Kyber Cup um, team championship because we've done terribly. Um, <laughs> it's embarrassing. I, I did excellent. I'm um, yeah, I was the only person that didn't lose last week, but that was because my opponent and I were unable to play our game. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've 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 not covered ourselves in glory. So we're out. Uh, we're going to play our last round um, so that we can get it over and done with. But um, yeah, we're. Good, good luck to everybody who remains in the tournament, but it is not us. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, mean, I think like yeah, thank, thanks to Scott and Funwalk and uh, Maui and the rest for for running the event. It's you know been been fun. Uh, three player team events, I think, are tough. Um, we I, we were chatting a bit about it beforehand. Like in, in a team matchup, you often have one bad matchup, but then when it's a three player team, that means your other two games have to win. Um, so it, yeah. we've we've just uh, been a bit unlucky. Um, played some good players, and yeah, no, it's it's been it's a tough old event, and unfortunately, yeah, we we we've not made cut. But um, yeah, best of luck to everybody else. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Anybody who's still in it, um, has it's, it? It's been. I good, mean, good pra- I know. You- sorry, I was going to say it's been good practice, and that's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah, I mean, I know you've been using an archetype that you're thinking about for worlds in it. Um, has it has our failure to do well made you rethink it, or are you still like kind of yeah, I've taken some lessons and I'm gonna be good? No, no, I, I, absolutely. I think um, like my game two and game three, um, and I, 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 I'm not one to really complain about dice and luck, like. But at, at times, no, but like, cause, because I, I, I know I have good games as well. So yeah. it's like, it, it swings and roundabouts, but like yeah, my, that game ga- on a Tuesday night. Well, that, that, <laughs> that game too, I was in such a, a decent position. I don't think I actually realized, and that's what I took away from the game. I don't think I realized quite what a strong position I was in at that point. And then when kickback died to such a nothing shot that shouldn't he sh- shouldn't have died, uh, and then I basically then realised, oh, actually, I've lost the game now. 
Um, so yeah. that made me think of like I really need to in that last turn mathematically think about the win condition of that game. And so like um, I played another game, um, like I think a week or two ago, and literally in the last turn it was just like my ships just flew to the four corners. And it was like, well, I know I've tied the game up here. I've won the game. I'm going to score these points. My opponent will score these points. I can't lose this game. And so that does help. And I think I think that's helped massively in practice. And that's not just with this list, but, you know, you know just playing X-Wing in general. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I had such extreme variance in game two and three that uh, game three, I was just laughing like at the end result because it just it yeah. happened again. And it was just one of those things of it's just a perfect storm of things going wrong. And I'm just like, well, you know, I just wasn't meant to win that game. But that didn't put me off the list. That was just, uh, you know, that's just what that's what X-Wing does. That's what dice games do, you know. And yeah. It's not even just dice games. Like, I think kickback, the kickback die in the last turn because he drew two direct hits with whole breach so it was like direct hit into direct hit into something else and like he, he went from like taking a two die sh- shot and then losing like four hole or something stupid like that and i was just like well that wasn't supposed to happen uh, yeah. and, you know and, but these things happen and you know it's a bit of experience um yeah you know i think i'm gonna try a different list tomorrow but that's more because uh i played against it last week in it was the team event. It was the <laughs> Republic Mirror. So I just want to try it out. The um, the two arcs, four clones, well, six clones in total, um, just to see how it, how it works and how it runs. Because um, I think one thing I, I do try and do, um, I do try and fly other metalists once or twice so that I can see how they play. Like that week where Liam wasn't available, I was quite happy to fly his list because I wanted to fly the cane and double sprays to see how it flies and you know perhaps, yeah. you know some of the strengths and weaknesses um so i think yeah just um i'm i'm not like i think i think my my satine list is probably our, uh, our satine list no it's not it's my satine list it's um, an hour every time it's weird yeah. um i think that's probably still my front runner but then as i said before that six points could be anything yeah, and I have played with so many different things in that that fifth ship slot. I could have two three point clones in that slot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked last week or the week before about you know if you put arcs in, and then you know you've you've got a lot of space for other nasty stuff. Um, you know, you could be putting oh, what's the one called that changes his die his um, dice depending on his dial and head hunter or stub. W- Stub, yeah, Will of Tarkin as well as a as another um, V wing if you fancy um, three greens all so the time. There was a list that was on Hexiled last night, and it was six clones, and all of them had munitions. Yeah, and it was just yeah, there was an awful lot going on there. I think we had um, possibly Sicko in the lat as well. Um, yeah. So you know, there's there's I th- and I have had several people messaging me about Republic, like you know. Where where do I see them? You know, what the you know strengths weaknesses? What what would I do? And I literally say like there are so many options with Republic at the moment and other factions. Like you know, I don't think there is an absolute definite cookie cutter 
list that you can go out and say, well, this is what you're going to see. Now, all right, Canaan, two ships, is scum very strong but there are other there are other variants around knocking around i think you'll probably see canaan in most scum lists but not necessarily every list yeah um, but like republic it literally could go all over you you probably will see contrail in most of them because 3.i5 with a good ability decent loadout um i still think clicks fantastic i mean he's such a frustrating ship to play against uh but also like you know he he does make my out my offensive output slightly stronger, um, but then literally like it's whatever you want. Um, I flew Delta Seven OB and Eta Annie the other night and I had a lot of fun and it was such a close game against. Um, I think his name was I want to say Leaf uh, Norwegian. Uh, mm-hmm. I think well, I played and- him in the system open. He knocked me out. Yeah, I think he said there's a couple of Norwegians coming to the Sift Taker Opens, but he wasn't able to make it because he's coming to Worlds. So hopefully I'll be able to sort of catch up with him in person at Worlds. But um, He's a really nice dude. I was massively down uh, in that game, like 6-12 or something like that at one point. Um, but I brought it back to 18-19, and in the last turn, every possible result was on, win, draw, or loss. And it all came down in the end... So did B, would BB-8 burn to a console fire? And if he did, I won the game. But um, no, super close. And as I say, like I, I, I don't worry too much about these online events, like G- GSP sec- sec- sector series and stuff like that. It's all just practice at the moment. Practice for Sift Taker Open. That that'll be the big test for the list. Um, if I turn up at Sift Taker Open and go two, three, one, four, then maybe I need to have a serious think about. You know, is it is that the list I want to take to Worlds? Uh, if I go three, two, four, one, better, whatever, then I've got to feel that that's probably the right list. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, what about you, Liam? Um, have you has it given you pause um, for looking at changing your list around? I mean, you've 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 dropped off fire sprays now, haven't you? You've, you're looking at some separatist stuff. Yeah, I I really don't like flying. Uh, Kane and two sprays, like it's all right for a fun list mm-hmm. to mess around with, but it's quite one dimensional, um, isn't it? Yeah, you just do one thing, it's got no options as opposed to just it does one thing, yeah, it is just one thing, that's it. Um, I so one thing very uh, well. An alpha strike list I've been flying for, to, for Tim to practice, it's good, but it's boring. And if you don't get to do your thing, well, that's it, and it's done. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm looking at separatists because I, I just enjoy using them more, and they've got it's just scum 2.0, isn't it? I mean, having fun <laughs> with a list, having fun with a list is halfway the is is you halfway to cut because if you're grinding and hating it, then it's it's just dreadful. So you know, you better to fly a list that you enjoy for five six rounds. I mean, worlds is going to be a mission. I think if you play the last <laughs> chance qualifier and then you play. The, a, a round of Swiss, uh, two days of Swiss. What is it? It's five and then five, 10, like 15, and then it's you like get into three days, isn't it? If you make all that. Yeah. It's like, it's like well, 15 to 20 games over over three or four it's days. In, it's four days if you make cut all the way from the last chance qualifier. Yeah. It'll and be, that'll be 20, yeah. 18, 20 games, something like that. Yeah. So last chance qualifier, let's say it's five rounds. Then day one of Worlds is five rounds, and you have to have what, gone three, two? 
yeah, I think I think eight points was. Oh, and then it's top eight, isn't it? Was well, so then so that so it's one eighty on day one players. Then ninety players will start day two. Then it's top eight to play in the final, and then mm-hmm. it's also what three rounds on that final day. So you're looking at yeah, probably about eighteen games. That's quite the endurance, really, anyway. Yeah, and we they, really and... mentioned much about the the format of Worlds, really, because we were a bit still. I think you're cutting out again there, Ben. But um, oh, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, this is it. And and like I've signed up for the side event on the same day, on the day of the last trans qualifier. Um, I'm actually not sure if I want to play in that, but who knows if I actually make day two at World. So it probably would be fine. Um, so <laughs> this is it. Like you know, go there, have fun. Um, I think I said to Liam uh, the start of the team event when we were trying to work out what lists we're going to play. Um, and Liam was sort of saying, well, we, we, we had to take FO, you know, because, you know, strong faction. I said, no, no, take the list you want to fly at the moment. The list you want, you want to be practicing your scum for Sift Taker Open. And although perhaps you haven't enjoyed it, um, that's actually got you into the right headspace for perhaps a decision on what to take Sift Taker Open. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you'd taken FO, you probably wouldn't have had that practice time with the scum to decide that scum wasn't the right lift to sift taker open. Um, and you might not have yeah. enjoyed playing with the FO as well. So you would have been kicking yourself that you were flying FO and wish you'd been flying scum and actually scum might've been the wrong choice for you anyway. Um, so like, I think, yeah, flying, flying a list that you, you want to, you should, you, hopefully you'll enjoy flying. Um, I think is, is yeah, certainly the way to go. Cause that's it. Like, imagine, yeah, all that time and effort going to Worlds, taking what you think is, you know, the 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 boring meta choice that will get you enough wins to, you know, make cut, and you get knocked out on day one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, oh, okay. Hopefully, you brought a second list with you because, you know, otherwise you're stuck with that for the side events. Yeah. Make sure you bring extra stuff. Right, we're going to talk about Worlds a little bit more. As I said, um, after we've run through the Sith Taker Open, we're going to grind into more detail about how the lads are doing, what they're practicing, all that kind of stuff. Um, But in the meantime, I think we're going to wrap it up for tonight. So I'm going to say, anybody got any shout-outs or any last things that they want to talk about tonight? Yeah. uh, I want to shout-out Jason Denton, and, uh, well, also known as Enigma Wargaming. Uh, through his Patreon, he's running like a treasure hunt type of thing, full of like little ciphers and like having to decode stuff, and that's quite fun. Uh, he has asked me what I'm doing, and I'm just sitting there, just last time, just writing out Morse code on a pen and paper, uh, <laughs> just trying to figure out what was being said, what he's going on about. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good bit of fun, and it's something I definitely advise people look at as well because he offers discounts through his painting service and stuff. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the prices at the end of this, but it's it's really nice. The the cheapest way to get Jason to paint your ships for you is to be a Patreon, um, which he obviously then benefits from because he gets regular Patreon income from it. Um, so cool. Yeah, Jason. And if you've not met him and you're coming to the Open, he'll be there because he's got a ticket and he's going to play. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to see him again. So, fantastic. Uh, Tim, have you any shout-outs or anything? No, I don't think so. Not this week. Not today. Ben? 
Uh, I'm going to shout out Richard Polly. And also, oh. I know he doesn't listen anymore. Do you want to start it that again, the, Ben, and try do, and actually yeah, talk, talk, talk? Yeah, you need to start that again, Ben, because I don't know if it was me you were shouting out or somebody else. I said I was going to shout out Rich Polly for being an all-around guy. And also, oh, again, I know he doesn't listen anymore, but uh, it was nice to see Lewis with He was at Element and I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah, he was there winning at Legion against somebody. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to see him, though. Jokes aside, when we act like I usually make fun of him, it's someone who I enjoy having a laugh with. So. Yeah. And he came over and said, do you guys actually still enjoy X-Wing? We were like, yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> I was like, no, I just play it because that's who I am now. <laughs> um, yes, I have nothing yes, else do. left. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he was if he thought we were going to say, no, it's a bit rubbish, actually, but we just play it, you know, because we like it. It's like, no, we, we like it. It's, 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 a, it's a good game. It's a different game than it was before, but it's a good game. Um, he was like, all right, okay. And then went back and played his Legion game. So, yeah, it was good to see him. Um, all right, uh, I think that's us then for tonight. So it's gonna be goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Goodbye from Liam. Doodles. Goodbye from Ben. Bye. If the microphone works. <laughs> and goodbye from me. Speak soon. Bye bye.